the Dode Fox Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Dode Fox Podcast. I'm Paul, he's Ronnie, and I really didn't like these instant recordings after a game, but that's a brilliant point. After the highs of the derby, we hit the lows of a cup exit. Not without effort, however, but definitely with a shy referee. And getting a penalty at Parkhead? Well, we are getting that does not happen. Standard. Join the conversation on our socials. We are at Dode Fox Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Coming up on this week's episode, Cup Exit, Celtic Review, Ross County Preview, Loan Report, Lottery, Games of Goals, Women's Team, and On This Day with Yarab Archive. It's all coming up in episode 114 of the Dode Fox Podcast. Hi, I'm Johnny Russell, and you're listening to the Dode Fox Podcast. So welcome back to the award-winning Dude Fox podcast, although our award, although we got it, we are no longer the current holders of said award, but let's just gloss over that, because we're still award-winning, and before we go any place, Mr McNichol, you are sounding remarkably better today, what's happened this week? Well, we, we dipped into the vermilions that we've, we've raised for selling t-shirts, and uh, we purchased ourselves a new microphone. So hopefully the people listening to this will think it's to a dog shite, but at least it's, I can clearly hear it yeah. these days. So uh, a wee improvement, a wee upgrade for the, the Dode Fox. A couple of people have got in touch over the time and they, they ask for a little bit of help, like they want, maybe want to set up a podcast and whatever. And I, I tell them it's no as difficult as, as we maybe market sound, but I'm like, no, it's literally just like, you can just stay on Zoom and whatever, and then you just need to get these improvements. And one thing people might not realise is you were effectively just wearing a pair of Beats headphones with a microphone on it. And that was it. That was that was as technical as, as it was. For that, it sounds with a fancy music in a hand. That's literally what it was. Yep, it was... Uh... It was it was low tech, but hey, to be honest, like there's hardly anybody going to touch me when it comes to starting a podcast, right? Because I, I didn't have a clue. That's <laughs> the elbow stuff. That's, that's exactly good. it. Um, <laughs> right, it's instant kind of reaction. It's less than an hour after full time, but we have to touch on Thursday first. Uh, mm-hmm. given that the game's coming quick in succession. If it had been a bit earlier in the week, I'm out on a board, but I'm still a little bit pissed off. So anyway, um, Obviously, we're the high of the derby last week. We're a bit of a uh, an instant reaction to that, but we enjoyed it. And then, obviously, we got the instant, oh, wait a minute, they're bottom of the league. And that was quite a fun moment as it was. Uh, fast Never forward um, a few days. Thursday, as it was, uh, cup game. And obviously, a lot was made about tickets no being sold. Like, it didn't look... On when you, because uh, listen, if you're a nosy bastard like I am, you go on to see how many tickets have been sold, and it didn't look like many. But I tell you, for where my vantage point was, once the game kicked off, it did look like a decent enough crowd. And obviously, when the numbers come in, I've tapped me, I can't mind exactly what it was, but I will find it once you start speaking. But um, Hibs were coming to town, it was always going to be difficult, but we didn't think it might be the world was against with stuff, did we? No, we certainly didn't. And uh, because I treated it like an away day, I was bloody <laughs> late. So I'm walking along Sandeman Street and I hear a roar for the other side of the ground and I was absolutely violent because obviously it's it's them that scored or a penalty or something like that. Uh, so I've got and I've missed the first goal. So I've had to wait until after the game to actually see the first goal back. And and I, we didn't cover ourselves in glory with that. But uh, f- apart from the first 15 minutes or so that on Thursday night, I thought that we played all right. Eh? I, r- I really did. Like I'm, I'm going to stop short of saying we were brilliant because we weren't a brilliant, but we, we played pretty well, like night and day for last season. Uh, and obviously things just, like a lot of people say, oh, you make your own luck and, and whatever. And yeah, there's there's probably a, a fair portion of truth in that, but like, we, we didn't get any luck on Thursday night when it came to uh, decisions like two two major decisions that were wrong and they both went against us uh, and that's that's a killer an absolute killer you can't give teams a three goal starting you just can't no and I think that last season when you look at the some of the results you know we got we got four early on for Kelly and Rangers and I think it made the manager at the time think well can what we can't be that bloody open and it made what harder to beat but then there was games where we got Feb for St Martin and we just didn't compete whereas you're looking at a 3-1 scoreline and listen for MD out with that's no at the game or no seen the game probably would go 
Well, that's a pumping, but it was it was nothing like it. But it's Didn't so frustrating. Like but the two, let's say, the two um, big talking points. For where for where I was now, I'm pretty much mm. right behind it. And I'll tell you right now, I knew it wasn't a penalty. I yeah. knew it wasn't a penalty for where I was, and yeah, the linesman doesn't help I the referee. I thought it was at the time, but I'm I'm down the other end of the door fox stand. See, if you so were in your normal that. set, you'd have seen that away day. Hundred percent, Ron. Everybody in the stand behind the goal must have had a great view of the fact that it was a good tackle. It wasn't even a tackle for Reynolds. He just got a toe on the bar first, and McGinn kicks him. It's it's no a penalty, and like the refs had a shocker there. But refs can hear a shocker. But then that's surely that's where the assistant referee's got to come in and say, "Oh, here." Willie, yeah, again, that's what you thought you saw, but that's not what happened because I saw clearly because I've got a great line. I saw the defender get a toe on the bar and he never touched the player. If anything, the Hibs player has kicked him. Didn't happen though. No communication. So, talking of great lines of sight in the mm. second half, the assistant referee again should have a great line of sight. And I'm not sure what he was seeing when that flag went up. And he wasn't in line. I think that that was that was the main reason that he's he's got it wildly wrong. He wasn't in line because it's it's no it's no a difficult one to call. The ball's not travelled that far. It's no far for him. The player that's allegedly offside wasn't a far for him. It didn't happen over like five seconds or something. It was you know it was fairly instant, and he's he's just got it all wrong. And we we scored. It's not like we didn't score. We scored. Nobody stopped. It's not like. Paul had scored that goal because the keeper stopped because he saw it was offside. So uh, we've conceded a penalty that they've then converted that was never a penalty. And then when we were starting to really get back into the game and get them pinned back, we go and get a goal chopped off that should never have been chopped off. And like you, you, nobody can ever, nobody could sit here and say, well, can we would have went on to win. You didn't can. Nobody cans what would have happened, but Christ, that would have put the shiters up them. I've absolutely no doubt. Even we, the dodgy penalty that they had. What were you thinking at half time when the half time whistle went? I, I love a good moan, but I genuinely, I, there was nothing to moan about. Like I, I could not believe that we were getting beat three 0 If I'm honest, I just it was one of the games where I just sat scratching my head, thinking, I don't think we've played that bad here. How the how on earth are we three nothing doing? I just think, like over the last few years, Hibs have just matched up well against us, uh, and I was, I was, I didn't care if they're a bogey team or whatever, but I, I certainly I wasn't thrilled when that draw was made, and we got Hibs purely because they they just do seem to match up well against us. But it was a lot of it was down to luck and uh, and well, bad luck on on Thursday night. Like it wasn't that we got outplayed, bullied. But Hibs, when it comes to us, they must love playing us because they get a dodgy decision every fucking game. Scottish Cup semi-final, offside goal. The first time we played them last season in the bit of 1-0, offside goal. Dodgy penalty on Thursday. It's just... Uh, it's it's no... It's, it's frustrating, you know? It's frustrating, but there was no criticism going through my mind about the team. I thought that the players on the park played very well on the night, uh, barring the first 15 minutes. Uh, and it's just the end of the night. It's unfortunate that it's the cup and you're out because at the end of the day, bit's bit. Doesn't matter how well you play, if you get bit, you're out. So I'll sit back and I look forward to to have Martin an absolute air so I'm done again. And if it went three two, what do you think would have happened? Well, as a, as I've said, like nobody can say with any real authority that this is exactly what would have happened. But United were well on top at that point. Well on top at that point. So anything could have happened wrong. I am more than aware that we're a team that doesn't score many goals, though. So uh, I'm, I'm certainly not sitting here saying that ah, we would have won 4-3. I can't remember the last time we scored four goals. That wasn't against a team called Elgin. So I didn't can, but it would have gave them an absolute shiter at the back because they were they were really struggling. It would have gave us a, another wee boost because the one thing I'll say about the team on Thursday night and the fans... Nobody jacked it. Every person, like in the crowd, I've no doubt some people left at half time, and you couldn't really blame them because the game was done. Uh, but the crowd were right behind the team to the end. The players on the park gave everything to the end. There was a couple of subs, like 
I think Paula got took off. Uh, was it Jean Rodrigue got took off? Jean Rodrigue maybe wouldn't have. Uh, John do t- seemed to take a body in the second goal when he seemed to do a cartwheel somersault or whatever but I noticed in the second half he was over quite a lot to the mm. bench now whether it was just really an instructions or he was just done in but he, him and Paul it looked goose like that was just meh but again him way up in the gods really but they look kind of done and whatever but um, you're not well, the only person that's mentioned though. the subs no but and I'm no, I'm no, I can't even remember who. I know it was Mockery. I can't remember the other person that came on. But Mockery, he didn't do anything wrong. Mockery, I thought he'd done all right. I thought he'd done all right. But at the time, it was a, to me, it was a strange uh, decision. Screaming out but for pace, you think, maybe? The whole team screaming out for pace. And like we heard Niskin and on the bench. Uh, so, yeah, the manager's learning on the job. And and I'm saying that like he's made a mistake. Like he, he, set, he set the team up pretty well. We were unfortunate, maybe barring the first 15 minutes and Hibs being fairly ruthless. And another thing, like, seeing as we were, seeing as I, I quite like bashing the referees, Scott Allen's done well to stay on the park. Uh, he should have been off before he scored his goal. So, I mean, there's, I don't want to sit here bitching and moaning about all the decisions that have went against her because I'm sure that some do go for us. Oh, don't worry, there's another in the day we've still to get to. <laughs> yes, and that will, that will be spoke about at length. But the, yeah, there was just a, a number of decisions went against us and it's no sour grapes thing. Like if United, I've said it for years, if United go out and we play well, we set up to try and attack, trying to get something for the game and you get bit by the better team or, or you lose on the day. I can take that. Last season was difficult for me to stomach because some of the games we were setting up clearly know to lose and then you would lose. And then like you're honestly, or I'm, I was just sitting thinking, what is the point? I, I, I'm not enjoying watching this. It's garbage. I refuse to believe that the players are enjoying playing in the system. Like they're football players. Abdi wants to play nice, attractive, expansive, attacking football. Abdi, unless you're Giorgio Chiellini, and then you just want to kick the ball well, as far as you can for your own goal. But in general, people like playing and watching attacking football. We weren't doing that at all last season, and it was just terrible to watch. On Thursday night, and we will touch on today as well, we were. We were at least trying to do it. And I can't fault boys. Like if, I can't fault the effort. I can't fault the commitment for, for the coaching staff, for the manager, for picking the team and setting them up that way, and for the players for carrying out his instructions. We were just unfortunate on Thursday. Yeah, I, I think one thing you, you kind of doubt this season especially and we've seen it today but again on Thursday is despite being, even being 3-0 doing or 1-0 doing or 2-0 doing, the, the the players didn't stop they, I mean they are keen at the wall and we'll get to the last minute of the day as well but they're still giving it their all but the fans right, rightfully they didn't jack it because I think they can see the efforts that's going in it's different last season when you're 3-0 down and then you're just playing 10 boys behind the bar that's different to what we were trying to do it was the same with the Hearts game we said it we we're 1-0 down Craig Gordon's had a great game people will argue about oh he should make these saves he shouldn't make the saves He's made the saves, right? He's he stopped goals going in. We and, we're at least making them make saves. And then we lose possession and they cut us off and they score. Right. I'm not saying there's ways to lose games, but like you said, it's a lot easier to stomach when boys are bursting their balls to get back in the game, to get a point, to get three points, to get forward, than just like you say, trying not to get bet, putting ten boys behind that, no enjoying mm. it. Listen, there's sure. times to clear your lines, but we seem to do it an awful lot last season just for the sake of it. Yeah. Whereas, you know, it's, it's times to play out. Even the day we're playing it out the box and I had 10 minutes to go. I'm yeah. going, lads, come on. Get, get a toe behind that bar. Get but, as far as humanly possible. Aye, but I think, you'd say Thursday, the halftime score line, you know, flattered Hibs, because we created chances, but we, we, we didn't start great and we were punished and... I've not seen the first goal back for a good angle, whether it could have been stopped or whatever. We still go 1-0 down, then we go 2-0 down, then we go 3-0 down, because it looked like any time they go forward, they were causing bother. But the two big refereeing decisions were incredible. Scott Allen was absolutely unreal. And uh, we're like... like One of the reports said, oh, he should have got a second yellow card for Barginow or Freeman. What about the dev when the ref had to tell him I got up? Like... Well, that, oh. well, that's the thing I was on about today. Oh. As far as I'm aware, that is still a booking. Oh. Devin is still a booking. But anyway, there you go. Um, 
We're out the cup, no wee effort, but disappointing. But another talking point was two injuries to two men who are very much in the starting eleven. Uh, Charlie Mulgrew took the knee. Well, I thought that was meant to happen before kickoff, and I got awfully worried. And then he limped off, and I thought we're playing Celtic on Sunday. Maybe he's want an easy ride, but it didn't look a good end. But at least you had well, you had ice on his um, calf when he come off, and then I did see him walking down the track at the end. So. Hopefully, I know he missed the day, say he misses Ross County, we've then got a free week with the Scotland game, you would hope he'd be back. So he went down and then, well, let's just be honest, Mark McNulty's didn't look good when you do that wee funny hop after sprinting after a bar. You can, yeah, that's no Armstrong, good news. Yeah. No, that, that's probably going to be a few weeks, I would imagine, for McNulty. Uh, but yeah, losing, losing Mulgrew considering the performances that he's put in this season that that is a blow mm. uh, there's no doubt about that McNulty it's a blow in as much as we're really light up front in numbers uh, he's he's still got a bit to do to convince a lot of people of the of a United persuasion no, he's if you're if you're judging him on what you've seen this season then you'd probably just think oh this boy will work quite hard for you and he'll, he'll run the legs off the defenders but we're, we're struggling for a goal scorer like the last, the last 12 weeks Harks has gotten a score sheet and that, that's unusual I suppose but we need McNulty or Clark or and Clark to be in that team and providing us goals because that's that's their main job uh, so he will be a miss but on current form purely because we don't have many strikers in the bloody squad and we rock up to Parkhead today. Uh, no one there since, what was a Boxing Day 1992 or something like that? Yeah, uh, you're, dunk. you're playing against a Celtic team that are uh, they're very good at home. Uh, on the road, it's been a wee bit indifferent. You didn't care what you're really going to get. And uh, you also, a wee bit, didn't care what you're going to get with United. You knew there were going to be two changes. You knew the goalie would probably swap out again. Uh, and it was um, Kerr Smith and Amy Niskanen in for uh, Charlie Mulgrew. And Mark McNulty. So, we had a conversation before the game kicked off. And what did you say? I, th- I thought it was a big call playing a 16-year-old laddie at centre-half when Reynolds came on through the week and done all right. He didn't, really, he didn't do anything wrong. Like Maybe in Willie Collum's eyes he did. <laughs> he conceded a penalty. But I thought Reynolds done all right considering he's really not seen much action this season. But uh, we opted for Kerr and he he never let the side down mm. at all. Like I thought he was more than decent last week in a position that isn't his and like centre half is probably his position and will be his position in the fullness of time. And I thought he was excellent today. So it was an it was another the word of the day is going to be brave, Rondo. It was another brave decision for the guy offer to put in a 16-year-old laddie at Parkhead mm. but it paid off well, was, I mean my response to you was we kind of moan and mention Kerr Smith and the sheep playing and then when they do play we kind of moan about it regardless of why yeah. you're playing or whatever and like somebody else messaged me saying oh I'm glad it's not on the TV today and it's like well what do you want like what, what generally do I want here um, he either plays an experienced pro or he plays a young laddie who's Got a lot of promise. Is learning the game. He's 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 brave as a sixteen-year-old as well. A wee bit like when mm-hmm. Lewis Nielsen came in. No scared to get the ball. No scared to take the ball. You know. And um, look, I've got no doubt Matt Reynolds would come in and do a job. You know because he's experienced enough. But maybe it was for the height that Kerr went in. Because man, they they love a barn at the box as we found out very early. Um, yeah. But it was like you say. Brave, brave decision. Wasn't surprised Niskanen come in for a wee bit of pace to get up the park, given that Mark McNulty and the running and whatever else. And you just seen, I've jumped ahead a wee bit here, but there was just a couple of times that we tried to play a ball in the channel that would have suited Mark McNulty a lot more than it would have suited Nick Clark today. But yeah. again, shift for every single one of them. Um, incredibly brave team selection, like we said. And... The important thing is to get through the first 15 minutes and no loss of goal. Mm. So let's just get to what? The 16th minute and loss of goal. And you start to think, we've seen this movie before. But it's a different United this time. 
totally different. Uh, uh, of course, of course. And I was fairly disappointed at the goal, if I'm being honest, because, <clears throat> excuse me, the I thought Celtic's wingers were really dangerous. Uh, they were gaining sheep and McMahon but a hard time in the, the early stages. And then obviously the, the goal comes for the boy, is was it Jota that crossed it? He, he he got a good cross and we couldn't have cut it out. And then I, I didn't think McMahon, he, he didn't do enough at the back post. He didn't go to attack it. It's almost like he just tried to make it difficult for the boy to get on the end of the cross. He's just trying to arch his body and maybe lean into the guy. And the guy's wanted it more, basically. That's that's what happens. That's how goals are scored in football. Uh, so it, it was it was a bit of a disappointment and it's probably it's probably more of a disappointment because I think we started we started we uh, a real intent in the match like we were paying a go and it's Christ it's really rare as a United fan to actually sit and watch your team pay a go at Celtic Park we usually set up to try and keep the score down so it was uh, uh, it was a it was a bit of a disappointment but we didn't have clap back fairly quickly after that and I mean how soon after the bats in it is your top off I think once it once Niskanen crossed it because I just assume if Harks is just getting on the end of anything in the box these days it's going to end up in the net so the top was off but uh, what a header what a cross and what a header it was an absolute bullet header have you seen have you seen that he's uh, his wife scored the day as well yes yeah, it's a double is it yeah. but you should play for Celtic but anyway I can, I can, but you can't hit Aaron. <laughs> at Celtic's first drop points at home uh, this season, uh, you obviously look at games like that and you look at stats and all this kind of stuff and the most important things then in the top left corner that tells you the score. But, you know, 12 shots a day, four on target. They've maybe had 22 shots, but again, how many, apart from the three times at the bar, Benji, what, do you one save around the post? The rest were pretty much at him. You know, yeah. again, I mean, listen... It's no the greatest Celtic side we've ever seen. But you're still going to Parkhead. When the away fans when I think they could have probably squeezed some in, in the pictures that I've seen. Um, you sure? I mean, I mean that's a one-sided game. Like, that is a 12th man. Like, because there's no fans there whatsoever. And uh, We'll get to the 12th man. I'll tell you something. That pitch looks fucking massive at Parkhead. It looks mm. massive. Uh, so it looked covered in tangerine today for, for large spells. On... Like. Believable, well, unbelievable. I mean, I how we got away with him three Jondo Fuchs on that part. How the refs no saw that? I don't can. No, there's no danger. It was only one Jondo Fuchs, especially on that when he got booked early. Yes, yeah. Which seems and to happen. Because you know Dylan yeah. Lever got booked early on Thursday as well. Yeah, yeah what a player he is, by the way. <laughs> he's just getting better and better. Just banging bars. Tell you what, he's going to score for his end half this season. I can. He's going to score for his end half. <laughs> It's going to happen. Ah, he's, he's different gravy. Like I said that on Thursday night, I couldn't believe the way he just pings a bar. And then he mm-hmm. was doing it again the day like it was just, no, yeah. it's like it was easy. But then, but Ron, he's come from Man United. How should he be feared yeah. about playing against Celtic or or Hibs or St. Johnston? He shouldn't, and he isn't. It's great. It's great to watch. And and also an offshooter like Jean de Fuchs, we all knew from watching him last season that he was a good player. Mm. He was Arguably our best player. Uh, Dylan Levitt's coming and he's just got better and better every game. And the knock-on effect is it's just making Ian Harks look absolutely fantastic. I don't know if he's up to his game. I don't know if they just compliment the way he plays football. I'm not sure how it's all happened, but the laddie's back in a game the last few weeks. There's that, that's undeniable. And you hate to say that, and I'm not just saying that because obviously the joke is that I fancy him. And I'm on Sarah. Well, eh, I'm on Sarah to cheat on him so that I can get him. That's that's all banter, but it's got to be said. He's took a lot of criticism, and it's only fair that he gets he gets a verbal pat on the back when he's when he's playing very well, which he is. Yeah, and I, I, I say it's uh, if we're being massively critical on the performance, Louis got to do better at the death. Oh. He's got to. He's in the box. He's got to. Then a bother passing. Just try and hear go. And that's I'm, what I'm wanting, that, more for, I'm wanting more for Louis in general. Like this, this Hulk runs on the park. And the first thing that happens bulgers. is he's brushed off the bar. Bulgers. His biceps exactly. are bulging. Yeah, but it's, but he doesn't, 
I don't think he's aware of how big he is. I think I've said that before. And if he is aware of how big he is, he doesn't account how he is that size. Boy, should be bouncing off of him, Ron. It's, he's maybe too big for a football player. I don't know. And I say that a wee bit in jest, but what else is that says as a football player? Or are we just giving him a, a tap that's two sizes too weak? I think that's what we're doing here. I mean, he's, well, it might be, he's no acting Fenway, is he? <laughs> no, no, but Christ almighty, he could be a heavyweight boxer, that lad. He's huge. But I don't I can. Like, I love Louis. Yeah, he's, I just love him. He's such a nice guy. He's He is a decent football player, but he's... I, I'm needing more for him. And, like, to your point, he's got to do better. He's got to. He's got to do better. Hey, a shot. Lay it to your left. I can't even mind what it was that was on your left, but... Oh, you've you've got to do better. But we're, we're we're no danger that we're skipping over the the first half incident. No, there's no danger that we're skipping over that Rondo. Talk to me. But well, listen. If that's not Parkhead, that's a penalty. I'll tell you that right now. I and think if, if it's not in the box, it's a foul. And I'll tell you something. If it's up the other end, I'll bet you it's a penalty. Because the boy now, I said this a couple of times a day in various chats, right? They two centre halves are absolute dog shit. They are just no great at all. The boy Starfelt has had his arse felt miss no. games I've seen. He is hopeless. Yep. And the boy Carter Vickers, who well, I think thought he was coming up here for a holiday for a year, has maybe found this is not as easy as I thought coming up for Spurs. And uh, he can ping a bar. I'll give you that. But Jesus Christ, he was like a care horse at times. I'm not saying I would outpaced him, but I, I can chop them. Uh, so. I think it's a great bit of work for us again, getting in a really good position. There's no attempt to play the ball. Like he just bundles them. Like, I'm off for a shudder charge and keeping physicality in football. But yeah, holy shit, like he's about bounced him off the, the park. It was in the back. So he's barged him in the back. He's made no attempt to play the ball. The ball's on the other side of Clark, for whatever the defender is. Is it, is it not also a red card when you do that in the box and a goal scoring? opportunity if you've made no attempt to play the well, there's genuinely no attempt I know there was a bit of a watching an incident yesterday that may have happened uh, with the, the dense part Donna Donny and stuff and on about the goalie and stuff but that the day has been there's no attempt to play that but like that is just a bundle and you're just thinking what do you need to take a decision given that it's our first point at, at Celtic Park in eight year like mm-hmm. we didn't get many of them last year Mind last year when we spoke about the game, we just sat off and let them ping three wonder goals in. It was horrible. Whereas the day I was thinking, I mean, I was up there, like I, I was up there, I kicked the table and that, and I was, I couldn't believe what I was watching. Deservedly so. Correct. Uh, I just, I can't fathom that in the space of four days we've been pumped by two referees. I just, I, and on Sunday, what happened on last week? We won about something last week. Handball thick comic care. Or ah, something. there we go. But, but that was that was the wee team. We didn't need penalties to beat them. But some games you, you do need other help you can Oh, get. without a doubt. But the, th- the the thing that gets me like Thursday's was a bad decision. I could I could kind of see how he's got it wrong, but it's a bad decision and he's not been helped by his linesman. Today the ref's no blind. And he saw the incident and any I mean Obviously, I had to pay for it today, so it's £13, and I'm watching on Celtic TV. Now, anybody that's watched it on Celtic TV will tell you they're incredibly biased, like the way that we used to be when Joe Rice was on the commentary we we United. Uh, and that's fine. That's cool. Be what? biased, because it's your own team. his goal orgasm. Yes. <laughs> but even they were like, that, that was a penalty. That If that was at the other end, we would have got that. And you're damn right you would have. And you know what? You would have deserved it. Is that, when, is, a penalty. is that when Simon Donnelly said we would have got that? <laughs> yes, yeah. But like my point about the ref is, what what does he, how has he processed what he saw? What what does he think's happened? Does he just think, oh, it was a shoulder barge and he was stronger? Because it wasn't a shoulder barge. And I didn't need the replay to see that. I saw it at the time, he's barged them in the back. And Clark, Clark's not even made a meal of it, I don't think, because... <laughs> He's not aware that he's a what I get barred in the back. If 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 Peter Paul was bars in the back, he's in the stand, right? That's just what happens. But I generally think Nicholas Clark just thought, what the fuck's going on here? Like, I am doing. I have been bundled. Play on. <laughs> no bother. Uh, 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 it was. 
it's bizarre. It's absolutely bizarre. Mm. But other things for the game, uh, there was a few chances in the first half that Celtic, uh, the boy had some miss run. He must have kicked it out the state. He must have done a Yannick Loemba for about two yards out. Kicked it over that big stand. Couldn't have believed it. Yeah. So we've rode our luck a wee bit, and that's fine. When you when you play in these games against these teams, you're going to hit a ride your luck. But I just thought overall, I, I, I was so proud watching United play in that way today. I'd, I'd have been proud watching United play that way against anybody. But to go to Parkhead, and it, and it doesn't matter to me if they're not at their best, if this isn't a particularly great Celtic team. I don't care. It's still Parkhead. You're still up against... 40-odd thousand fans, you're still up against officials half the time because they're human and they'll, they'll, they'll make mistakes or they'll go with the easy decision to make. Uh, but to play the way we played, like we were, again, I'm going to say it, we were so brave. We were brave with our team selection. We were brave with the, the way that we wanted to play. We had a go. We, we knocked our pan in. We were positive Almost the whole game, there was a time when it got to about 70 minutes and I thought, hmm, we're starting to get really tired here and we're dropping deeper and deeper and deeper. And it was it was a wee bit of worrying because we've all seen it before. And that's probably the reason that teams like Celtic and the Rangers, when they're at home and they're struggling in a game, teams do tend to think, wait a minute, we've got something to hang on to here. So we're just going to sit back and sit back and try and defend for our lives. Uh, and I'm not saying that that's what we were doing, but we definitely were dropping deeper. We weren't pressing them for Joe Hart here in the back of his feet. We weren't really doing that. Uh, and it was it was a wee bit concerning watching it. But that's just because I'm 44, 44 years of age and I've seen it all before when it comes to United at Parkhead. But uh, every man, every man today was just super. We can't, can't praise him enough and can't praise Tom Courts enough for being for being brave enough to do that. Because we, we didn't see anything like this last season for a very, very experienced manager who who told us in certain ways that, no, this, can, this is the best way to do it. He, he almost convinced the majority of fans that we didn't have a team capable of playing that way. Now, we've lost Shankland and we've got Levitt in and we've got like Freeman. So we didn't even have our first choice right back. We didn't have our first choice other centre half of the day. Obviously, Shankland's gone. McNulty, probably were first choice striker. We, we had we had injury issues. You know, there was boys missing it. That, that wasn't the best eleven that you know you could probably put out on the park. And look at the way we played. Couldn't be could not be prouder of them. Absolutely magnificent. I I, I thought Tom and were superb, but they really were. Um, but and we caused them a lot of problems, and especially on the mm. counter attack because we've said we look a lot fitter. We looked fit last season as well. A tiny bit of credit there because we did look fitter as games were going on, because yes. it was a it was a a bit of something that didn't always fit with United was being fit as a fit team or whatever. But this uh, this season's like incredible. Like, listen, boys are get cramped. Boys will go doing. Boys will tire, but they are knocking their blooming pan in. But we've beat Rangers. We've held Celtic. We've won the derby. You know, um, we're fifth in the table, which which is incredible stuff. I do agree. With, I think I think we're a striker away from being a very good team. I think we're another striker away because, like you say, now McNulty's out, we are light. We are very light up there. Bar the Aberdeen game, which I think, as every week goes by, on how we are playing, how they're playing, Tam Courts must need to hear a double body and a wee venom on himself and think, what would I do different? What would I do different? Because... They're clearly dog shit. And, uh, but again, it was the first game of the season. I'm glad we maybe had that wee blip and he maybe realised, well, Kim, what, we're actually better, bloody blah, because we bounced back really well against Rangers and stuff. But I think what he's, what's starting to happen here is, and I've seen, I've seen it on Twitter after the game of day, and that's the reason I bring it up, is he seems to be making people proud to support United again. He come in under an absolute barrage I mean, remember it. Like we'd said, none of it his fault. None of it, none it, his, of it fault. his fault. None of it his fault. People are entitled to their opinion. I get that, and you could say whatever how the club handled it and whatever you want. But he was the man. He was the man that people had heard about for a while. It got confirmed, and then it was like, oh, P. T. Jelly's junior manager. He's this. He's that. He's the next thing. But every single week, he has got the team going out and playing to the ninety fourth minute. You know, deeper injury type, still trying to get bodies forward. You know, 
getting boys we didn't mention it last week and i'm really sorry but the shite housing at the end of the game we Paula and Clark last last week getting a right in the corner, knowing what to do, knowing to be clever, game management. You know, the players are clearly playing from the players clearly buy into what the club's trying to do, what he's trying to do, what Liam Fox is trying to do, and it's amazing. You know, of course he wasn't a popular opinion, right? A popular popular appointment, but that's eleven points for the seven opening fixtures that were difficult. Boys were saying, and people I know. Good pals of mine going, well, that's no points by the end of August. Like, incredible. Yeah. And for yeah. that to come in, and like I say, we've said there were maybe a striker short because we've maybe just no got that other man in. And yes, it could be a long time to to um, to the January transfer window to bring somebody in if there were a club because they'll then be fit and all this stuff. But showing the day, if that's the effort we're putting in against a Celtic and getting a point, ride your luck a wee bit, but battling on, We'll win more games than we lose, and when we yeah. lose, we're no, we're no, we're no getting bait because we're sitting back and we're trying to just no get bait. We're going for it. We're trying different things. We're trying to play football. People again, like you said on Thursday, people went ah that that wouldn't have been the subs I made. It's fair enough, right? That's always going to be opinion. It's it's what it's like to be a football fan, you know. I was same as you. I thought we needed someone doing the wings to get bars in, but then you're thinking. Well, Mockery, I get took the ban, but maybe we were getting a wee bit congested in the centre of the park, but we were still trying to play football. You know, we were on top. Um, and it's just, he's, he, it's transformed for last season. Now, I, I said a, a few times last year, I was getting a different outlook at the home games because I was there, right? And I was maybe being a wee, I was probably too lenient on them because I was at the games. And it's a totally different experience for watching on the TV. But I watched the same game as you did the day, and I am the same. I was absolutely over the moon for it the day even when the backs were to the wall even when they were hitting the bar I'm still I was relatively kind of calm when the first goal I was as annoyed as you I thought I've not got tight enough Tom we've let the bar come in too early we've seen this movie before but overall absolutely incredible one thing I need to read to you right so I'd kind of noted some of this doing but our mate Andrew summed up much better than I ever could right so the BBC have put out their match report today and the opening line what is, injury hit Celtic's troubled start to the Scottish Premiership continued as Dundee United held on for a point. He sent this to me, that headline, and I'd already seen it. And this is how he sums up, and it's absolutely brilliant. Two first-choice defenders, Butcher and McNulty all missing, a 16-year-old at centre-half, a guy that's been in the country five minutes on the wing, a guy that's barely played first-team football this level at right-back, but I crack on. Couldn't have somehow been a better. That's that's what it was like the day. That's incredible. You know, once we can get boys back up to speed, back for fit, back to fitness, because I think Logan's obviously nearly there. You've got boys like Declan Glass, Archie Meekison, that'll be like new players coming in. We might play double tens again, Paul. It could be exciting. Uh Niskanen's nice getting up, up to speed the mere games he plays. Peter Paul, how many times are we going to say it? He's like a different player. You know, he's like a different man. So it's just results have went through two or three games this week, right? We've got a good win, we've got a good point, and looking at the scoreline, we've been pumped by Hibs, but that's just not what happened. You know, the effort is there, and it's it just it maybe does bring us on nicely to preview, but I don't want to quite get there because I still need to ask you before I forget. I didn't ask you for Thursday who would have been your man of the match on Thursday. It would have been Dylan Levitt, and today who would it have been? It might again be Dylan Lev, or Jondo, or Harks. Like the whole I had to give Dean Harks today. I thought Ian Harks was the brilliant whole, today. The whole midfield was absolutely class. Couldn't have fault them at all. Yeah. Uh, nah, uh, as you say about about Tom Corps, he's no that he doesn't strike me as the sort of person that wants to go there and feel the need to prove people wrong. But loads of people were were on his case and probably just waiting for us to go on a run of five defeats in a row or something and it's just not happened and that's not to say it can happen or it won't happen uh, but it's the, the way that we've started the season and I don't think anybody would have predicted it was going to go the way it's went and it might have been a wee bit of slow burner because uh, performances at the very start in the Cups uh, they weren't great but uh, but if we could play like that most weeks as you've said then we'll 
we'll be all right. We will be all right if we can just get a cutting edge. I mean, that's 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 the main glaring thing that that we're lacking just now, in my opinion, the cutting edge. Uh, but then that's that's the hardest thing in football to do, isn't it? Score a goal. Uh, but I felt if if we go back to Thursday, like Hibs, they've they've got options. Like they've got the boy Nisbet. They've got that big dumpling, and it wasn't a playing that always scores against us. I forget his name. Deutsch, he's injured. Deutsch, uh, they've got Boyle, so they've got a big Bassa. They've got a, a goal-scoring Bassa, and they've got a, a cheating meet meet roadrunner Bassa. So they they kind of cover all bases with their with their strikers, and they brought on a big lump as well on Thursday. That I don't know what he was covering really. Uh, a lot of grass if he fell on the ground. The boy Kovac. Bald headed nah, boy, a, no? He's a midfielder. He, he, he's no figured out Billy socks up yet, uh. so he's no good. But the boy up front that they brought on. Nah, so so what I'm trying to say is Hibs have got strikers. They've got enough strikers and they've got different strikers as well. Whereas we've got Clark and McNulty. Louis, I'm not convinced he's a striker. I'm no I don't care what I don't know. If you're a gun in my head and say, right, what position is he? I, I don't care what I'd answer. Mm. I've, I've absolutely no idea. Bodybuilder. That's probably what I'd answer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just, I just didn't can. We, we need something. We need pace and height. But that's, that's all very well. Me saying that we, we can what the budget is <laughs> to bring anybody in, if there is even a budget to bring anybody in. But that's the only thing that we're lacking just now. Ron, we're playing, we're playing very well. We're getting some breaks. We're not getting other breaks. Uh, and the players have all bought into it. The management and the staff clearly believe that the players are good enough because they're asking them to do things that a lot of United fans wouldn't have thought that they were capable of doing and to have the balls to put in a 16-year-old uh, at Parkhead and in a derby in a position that's no his you can only you can only do off your cap to that Exactly, absolutely uh, United look to make it four league games unbeaten We host Ross County on Saturday uh, They were beat 2-1 away at Motherwell uh, Still looking for the first win of the season And are on three points uh, in 11th uh, Just above the fun Doing the bottom of that table um, Do you enjoy a game against Ross County? Or as I like to used to call them As uh, Dundee United's B team slash reject team I enjoy a game against Ross County if we win. I'll say that much. I've I've seen it all. Though. I've been to absolutely snooze fests of draws. I've been to pumpings up in Dingwall when the best thing was the haggis, tatty and neat pies. And uh, I've seen comfortable wins. And I've seen cup wins against them as well. So I've seen it all. Who knows? According to the radio, I was listening to the radio yesterday with the, with the other games that were on. And although they got beat again, I think it was Richard Gordon was saying, they'll be... They'll be thinking to themselves, we shouldn't have, we don't deserve to be where we are in the league because we've actually played some really nice football at times this season, but we're not getting the points. So if that's accurate, it's not going to be an easy game, but uh, I, w- I would fancy our chances. Mm. I'm looking forward to it on the back of what I witnessed uh, on Thursday and today. Yeah, and um, yeah, they play three at the back. They're playing like a three, four, one, two. Uh, the boy Ross Callahan went there, who's a a handful, certainly. Um, I like the boy Charles Cook, who plays wide for them. Um, player Spittles apparently turned in a gold machine all of a sudden. And the big boy Jordan White up front, which I think Ryan Edwards will enjoy that battle. <laughs> Have they still got Donaldson? Uh, fuck, he's, he didn't play yesterday. So, no idea. Yeah, he's not played for years. Eh? I've never seen that boy play. I've seen him run about the pitch. Funny that he is. Anyway. Yes, I'm looking forward to it, Ron. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, it would be very United to lose. <laughs> stop it. Fucking stop it. Right okay. now. Stop Give it. Give yourself a slap. Um, so, yeah, that's um, that, that, that's next up for us. Uh, the table as it stands. Uh, Rangers top with 16. Uh, Hibs and Hearts on 15. Motherwell and Fours for 14. We're in fifth with 11. Celtic in sixth with 10th. I can't believe I'm still reading that. Uh, Aberdeen, 7th with 8 points St Mirren on uh, 8th with 7 St Johnston, 9th with 6 points Livingston after the brilliant victory last week when we were recording the podcast are on 4 points and then Ross County and Dundee both doing the bottom with just 3 points uh, next Saturday it is a 3pm kickoff. 
now it's time to hand over for everyone's favourite part of the episode. Uh, go and stick the kettle on, lads. Come back and you'll maybe still be reading it. Over to you. Now you say everyone's favourite part. I can confirm it's no my favourite part of the podcast. It's the worst part and we should do away with it hastily. No. Anyway, the loan report. Big Ross Graham at Dunfermline. Dunfermline drew nil-nil with Hamilton, but Ross was not in the matchday squad. Nathan Cooney at Elgin City. Nathan has started his side match away to Stenhouse Muir on Saturday and has started at right centre-back. He's played well in the first half, helping his team to get a half-time lead of 1-0. Unfortunately for Nathan, though, he's been withdrawn in the 52nd minute and replaced by Russell Dingwall. In Nathan's absence, the Warriors have equalised. It was to be a happy ending for Elgin, though, as Nathan's replacement, Dingwall, has went on to score the winner in the 76th minute. It finished 2-1 to Elgin, and it was a result that has given them a little gap between themselves and the bottom of the table. Kai Fotheringham at Wraith. Kai has started this game on the bench and has remained there as his this game served up a five-goal thriller. Wraith came out on top 3-2 over Ian McCall's Partick Thistle. Rhys Caves at Airdrieonians. Airdrie were away to Cove on Saturday and unfortunately for Rhys, he was an unused sub. Cove won 1-0. Flynn Duffy at Peterhead. Flynn has started again in centre midfield for Peterhead in their away clash to Simon Murray's Queen's Park, but he's had to revert to left back after 30 minutes. It was a torrid first half for the Blue Toon, as Queen's Park could have been out of sight. However, Peterhead came out like a new side second half and rattled two in to go 2-1 up. Young Flynn having an excellent game on the left side where he combined well with Hamish Ritchie. Alas, two late and totally avoidable goals from Queen's Park gave them victory as they came away 3-2 winners. It was, though, a 90-minute appearance for Flynn. Lennon-Walker and Jack Newman at Spartans. There was no Lennon-Walker in the matchday squad for the Spartans, but Jack Newman has started for the second week on the bounce. In the first half, he has been a relative bystander, only being called into action once. It was nil-nil at halftime against Berwick. Into the second half, then, and the Spartans got off to a flyer and were two goals to the good by the 60th minute. Berwick did pull one back in the 79th minute, though, and after that, it was like the Alamo as they bombarded the Spartans' goal right up until full-time whistle. But Jack was up to the task, managed to keep out everything that they threw at him. The game finished 2-1 to the Spartans, and Jack has played very well. Adam Hutchison at University of Stirling. Adam was back out on a football pitch for the first time in what seems like forever. The first team didn't have a game this weekend, so he played for the Uni's under-20 team against the Spartans' under-20s on Friday night and strolled it. It was more just a fitness thing for the lad, but it's great to hear that he's back at it and getting some good minutes in the legs again. His team have won 3-0 on the night. Adam will be hoping that he's back in the first team for their next game next Saturday against Vale of Leiden. Rory Adams at Lothian Thistle Hutchie Vale. It was a Scottish Cup replay for Rory and his Lothian Thistle Hutchie Vale mates this weekend, and there was every chance that Edinburgh University striker had a sleepless night after Rory's save last week stopped the side going 3-0 up in the Scottish Cup tie, which eventually finished 2-0. The replay on Saturday, however, was a completely different affair, with Hutchie going 1-0 up after the university keeper misjudged the bounce of the ball on an uneven grass pitch. A grass pitch at that level, unusual. It was still 1-0 at half-time, with the only real university chance being a header really easily dealt with. Hutchie doubled the lead in the 50th minute, with the strikers queuing up to slot home the ball after it was palmed out the university keeper. The university team then tried to get back in the game, applying pressure, with Rory making a good save with his feet and low down to tap the ball around the post. A third Hutchie goal in 68 minutes sealed the game. Although the university team kept pushing to get something out of the game, it was to finish with Rory keeping a clean sheet. He's now off to Dunbar on the 23rd of October for the second round of the Scottish Cup. Sean Brown at Cumbernauld Old Colts. After drawing with Bucky last week, the Colts of Cumbernauld had to make the long drive north for the replay on Saturday, and it couldn't have been more different to the previous week's tie. Sean has again started for the Colts, but they found themselves 3-0 down by half-time and were effectively out the cup. Sean has himself been subbed off in the 55th minute, and both teams have scored a goal each after that, with the match finishing 4-1 to Bucky, who now progress to the next round where they'll face Kelty Hearts. As for Sean, it'll have been a disappointing day for him, but it's more valuable experience for him, 
and hopefully he's looking at some positives, like the lovely drive it would have been up to Bucky. The Academy. There's absolutely nothing to report on the Academy lads this week, as they didn't have a match. The bad news for them is that they'll have had nothing to do but train. The good news for them, they're still top of the league. The next match is away to the Rangers on Friday. Into them, lads. The women's team. Last weekend, the ladies took on Queen's Park at home. And as we mentioned on last week's podcast, albeit briefly, they've recorded another fine win. 3-1 to keep the Tangerine juggernaut firmly on course for the title. Graham Hart's team were without three mainstays with Tammy Harkin, Danny McGinley and Robin Smith all missing out. But it mattered not a jot as two first-half goals from summer signing Rachel Todd and a second-half strike from sub Alex Robson ensured that the three points stayed right here in Dundee. Today, as we record this, the ladies have travelled to Glasgow to take on, strangely enough, Glasgow, and the score was nil-nil. I'm not sure if that means that Danny McGinley has breached her contract this week or not, as she's always on the score sheet. But it's another point and another game unbeaten as the ladies march towards the title. Over to you, Ron. Uh, thank you very much for that. Just uh, how have you not? It was bra. Uh, head coach Tom Courts has joined the Supporters Foundation. Uh, brings the numbers to over 1,900. Uh, you can join Tom and fellow Arabs by going to dusf.scot forward slash pledge. Uh, the United Futures lottery jackpot has again not been won. I mean, just £2,000 up Easy. for grabs this Friday. Um, the 50-50 results from the game on Thursday night. First prize of £301 went to ticket number 153608. That's £301 to 153608. Second prize, £151, goes to ticket number 153286. That's 151 quid to 153286. If you are uh, a winner of that and you haven't claimed your prize, you can get it for the club shop. And up until... Certainly, uh, the start of the game, uh, the big 800-odd quid for the Hearts game still hadn't been claimed. Now, if it doesn't get claimed, I don't care if this is official, but you've just to send it to Mr. R. Costello, Tour Fox Podcast, and we'll look after it for you. Be fine. We will. We will accumulate some more wealth. <laughs> these, um, these mansions in the ferry, I tell you, there's, uh, there's nothing for it, really. There's nothing for it. Ferry type. The ferry types we are. Right, games of goals was an absolute luck, uh, stroke of luck for me last week, claiming all five points. Um, I don't know how. Just uh, I even had two arrows at the same boy, and then we just had to guess it. So that, that's uh, how, because I'd done that the week before, and that seems to be an effective ploy. I'm just going to point half five arrows at one third of the day. <laughs> we'll see what we get. So Paul's two points ahead still on this. Uh, you have to match five players to either the amount of games they played or the goals they scored. For every one you get correct, you get the point. The only resource allowed is indeed the Arab archive. So, Mr McNichol, are you ready for today's players? I'm ready. Okay. In alphabetical order, I think... Alex Nichols. Oh. Okay. Uh, next up is the first ever player on Who Am I? Colin Samuel. Colin Samuel, yeah. Gavin Gunning. <laughs> Liam Smith. Did he pick the ball up and walk off? <laughs> Liam Smith, okay. That's uh, good. Yeah. Apparently, still claiming he doesn't have the smallest feet in the squad, but there you go. And Rob Shannon. Rob Shannon. DC. Mm -hmm. Rob Shannon. Numbers. Yes. 10. 13. 15. 15. 47. Mm -hmm. 77. Okay, right. So, straight away, I'm thinking Samuel and Gunning have played way more than the numbers, so they must be goals that they've scored. Alex Nichols, whatever the number is, is too many. <laughs> <laughs> that is the bottom line with that. Yes, it's, uh, it's very, um, very, very true. See the goal Adam King scored during the week. Did send that uh, to you. Uh, should we sign him again? Oh no, no. What a goal! What a goal! Uh, it was a crack, right, anyway, 
Alex, Alex Nichols. Did you bring him up for? Unbelievable. Oh, he was, he was goth, wasn't he? he was what goth. was he here? Half a season? Can I, can I confirm or deny such a claim? A season. I, I think his best... No, maybe not. I'll just put an arrow beside him. Do you mean his debut? Best thing, oh, he missed the goal. Was the that game. Uh, Leo was the mascot. So it was Leo's game. fault. Correct. It was a Wraith. Beat him 3-0. Yeah. Nah, I remember that game only because of that. Uh, but did he know cross for Dicker's header? At Falkirk? I think so. Uh, oof, celebrations. Paul Riley oh. still running celebrating that goal somewhere. <laughs> right, Alex Nichols. I'm going to say he's played. Running to congratulate Callum Butcher on his contract extension. Uh, Alex Nichols, Colin Samuel, Gavin Gunn, and Liam Smith and Rab Shannon. Right, I've, I've one, two, three. Yep. Hit me. Well, there's lines going to different players and different numbers run. Let's go. Okay. Alex Nichols. Yeah. I'm going to say he played 13 times. Okay. There's no danger he scored 13 goals. <laughs> and there's no danger he played 13 times very well. Uh, the next one is Colin Samuel. And I'm going to say he scored 15 goals. Okay. Gavin Gunning. He must have played over 100 games. Master. So he, I'm going to give him 10 goals. Yep. Kenny scored a penalty up in Inverness. Kenny scored in the Derby. Kenny scored at Hibs. Nah, no more than that. Nah, he done a lucky fleet sign, did he, when he scored? What a man. <laughs> what a lunatic. Uh, uh, Liam Smith. Yep. Uh, I think he's played 77 games because it, that leaves 47 for Rob Shannon. So it must be 47 games for him because he certainly didn't score. I don't think Rob Shannon scored for United. I could be wrong. So Alex Nichols, 13. Colin Samuel, 15. Gavin Gunning, 10. Liam Smith, 77. And Rob Shannon, 47. Alex Nichols scored nine. <laughs> Correct. Played 13. Played 13, I'll take that. Colin Samuel played 132. Didn't realise he played that many. Scored 15. I'm confident about gunning then. Gavin Gunning Played 119 Scored 77 <laughs> <laughs> what, what did we let him go for? <laughs> uh, scored 10 Nice one Liam Smith Has scored I might hear a fall who's here How many has Liam Smith scored? One Against Rangers? Cracker Indeed it was uh, Liam Smith and Rob Shannon, many has he scored? I don't think he scored any for United. One. One? Uh, I don't know what I was against though. <laughs> no memory, an own goal probably. So Liam Smith, 77, Rob Shannon, 47, that's what you're going for? Yeah. Out of those two, you have got both correct. Yes, I'll take that. It's a third full house in a row we've had. It's... The Samuel and Nichols was uh-huh. a guess. Uh, well, Gav Gunnan, I didn't think, well, I can't, he played more than 100 games. <laughs> Liam Smith and Shannon, uh, no, I, th- I thought they were fairly easy to call. It was Nichols and Samuel that I wasn't sure about. Yeah, there you so, go. Uh, Three that I was confident about, two that I wasn't, but I'll take the full house. Indeed so what's that, a seven point lead? That's a seven point lead again. More on the seven point leads. Uh, podcast merch continues to sell thank you very much for your support in the podcast that's why Paul can buy a new microphone and headphones and a wee bag to carry it in uh, doorfoxpodcast.com uh, if you're interested in getting one of our hoodies there's an order going away this week so if you uh, you want to get involved in that then uh, get your order in and uh, we'll get it away for this week if you've already ordered it you are in that order and you should get them the following week alright what about the, the Zoodies that you talked about yeah it's still, still trying to get a Zoodie but they're awfully expensive awfully expensive but we're working about, on it uh, what about a Dode Fox onesie for Christmas we're getting any of that uh, well I mean somebody who remain nameless wanted uh, a pair of boxers with your face on it so we our face or your face? Ours. Huh? Christ. 
at the, on each bum cheek. I would think so, because we are a couple of arseholes, so... <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So, uh, Three arseholes on there. Indeed, well, indeed. There's a big hole right in the middle as well. So um, thank you very much, Um If you've not signed up to the newsletter, if you head to the link on our bio on any of our social media, you can sign up to that, uh, because there's a wee bit in the newsletter this week about how the planning is in place to do a live uh, episode recording out and about in public we actual people there to see what a complete else we make of this um, but people seem to be quite excited by the thought of that so we are working on it so it's, I thought it'd be dead easy to organise I'll give you that right and it's been a nightmare because of Covid and venues and stuff and all that kind of stuff but we are trying that is the plan um, is to do a live episode on a Sunday afternoon or a Sunday night or something couple hours we'll get a guest and uh, we'll have a bit of Q&A and it'll go out the next day because that's what I love. I love just mere work on a Sunday night. But that that is the plan. <laughs> uh, so that was that was just in the newsletter. So um, just to be reporter for the live gig. Oh no 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 no! You could see the live. Like you could see the loan oh, report live. You could see Abdi'll just go. Abdi'll be sleeping. Ten minutes. That off. might be the selling point. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's when I'll deal head to the bar. Come, come, come for your free nap as well. So uh, we are working on it. Hopefully, we can announce something soon and and whatever. But uh, thank you very much for your continued support and um, kind of wanting to see that absolute drama unfold in front of us and Paul's asshole quaking that people are actually going to be there to. Uh, to listen to him do the loan report while we all hit a nap, so it'll be fine. Um, right, on the stay and associated with the Arab Archive, final place to go for today. Uh, 27th September is our focus. I've got two games and a birthday, right? Mm-hmm. First one, we heard about the first leg a couple of weeks ago. Uh, today it's UEFA Cup first round, second leg versus Glen Torin from 1989. In the end, quite a comfortable aggregate win against the plucky and very competent part-timers from Northern Ireland. The tactics of the Irish was to close us down quickly, worked in the early stages, uh, there are a couple of chances, but we eventually found a chink in the visitors' defence, Jim McAnally's cross from the right, found John Clark running into a direct, uh, to direct a header in at the far post, a uh, flowing move involving Morris Malpas, friendly Van der Hoorn almost brought a second goal, but Dave Bowman volleyed over. Tie was made entirely safe three minutes into the second half. Freddie van der Hoen's low drive from the edge of the box was parried by Smith, but the ball rebounded to podcast pal Kevin Galker, who rounded the keeper before slotting in a second to win the match 2-0. To 2008 for a second match. After a midweek success in the CIS Cup against Airdrie United, Craig Levine made two changes for the visit of Hearts. Willow Flood returned in place of David Robertson, and fresh from becoming a father, John Daly replaced David Goodwillie in attack. A superb display saw United chalk up the first home victory of the SPL campaign with a convincing 3-0 victory. A fantastic Craig Conway free kick had United ahead at the break with goals from John Daly and Scott Robertson in the second period rounding off a fine afternoon to make matters worse for the visitors. They had Egger Johnson uh, sent off for two bookable offences. Our birthday boy of the day is very much the celebration of a cult hero. Having already brought Lars Zerland, Magnus Skolmark and Mikkel Andersen to Scotland from Orebro, Tommy McLean signed this man for a reported fee of £75,000 in November of 1997. And made his debut as a substitute against Celtic in November uh, of the same month. No, in the same month is what I meant to say there. Uh, There He was frequently in the lineup over the next three years. His appearances were restricted through injury, often regarded as one of the most technically gifted players to have played with United during his time at Tanadice. He made 11 of his 65 full international appearances for Iceland. And yes, he is on the international honours board. Happy 55th birthday today to Siggy Jonsson. Puts out a good blog as well, eh? When he when he when he can be barred, he's too busy enjoying watching the football this year. I think, of course. And, uh, happy birthday, Siggy. He's fifty five now, so uh, yeah, great player. I mean, we've touched on it a couple of times, but technically, he was such a good player when he got injuries. Mm-hmm. Let's say they stats alone. I think he only played. I want to say he only played about fifty five games for us, which isn't a lot over the spell, but a good player. No. I th- you know what? He must have made at least 50 appearances for United because he was on my list for last season's Who Am I? So I'm going to say he made like 50 or 51 games. 51. Uh, 51 games. Uh, 51. No, he was, he was, he was silky as all hell. 
he was a, he was a really good player and not just at United but injuries in his career just gubbed him yeah. he, he could have been so much better and Graham Souness has got a lot to answer to for that mm, indeed uh, right that is it from us uh, listen and I, the way the week was going to pan out or playing Hibs bit of a bogey team going to Parkhead you never know what you're going to get the scoreline flatters Hibs what it was on Thursday the performance was certainly there and the work ethic and everything else you know a goal scorer for being a really good team in my opinion I think uh, and the day absolutely incredible stuff at Parkhead bodies on the line Abdi working for each other uh, and it's it, it makes you proud to be a United fan again given some of the shite that we had to watch last year and I, I don't think I speak out of turn when I say that um, you know in the back of bearing in mind four years ago we were dwelling doing in the championship and it was a hard luck story every single week um, we, we are getting there we are we are getting there it's getting really impressive week by week but we are back to Tanadice on Saturday as we face Ross County how do you think we'll get on do let us know on social media we are at Dude Fox Podcast don't forget the links are on there to all the stuff that we do uh, You can well, how you can listen how you can buy merch how you can sign up for the newsletter all that kind of stuff and don't forget to have a great week stay safe and don't forget to wash your hands and your arsehole mm-hmm.